Spencer Taggart, a longtime friend of ours, has a strong background in social media and marketing. Prior to accepting a full-time teaching position at BYU-Hawaii, where he works now, he was the director of strategy and new business for Boncom and social media professor at LDS Business College. Before diving into academia, Spencer was the global marketing manager for Blendtec, one of the most successful companies to use social media as a marketing tool today. Spencer received his BA in communication from the University of Utah and his MBA from Thunderbird School of Global Management. Spencer and his wife, Katie, have four amazing children, and they live on the North Shore of Oahu, Hawaii. Spence and Katie bought an investment property in 2020 after God told them that it would be a place of healing and gathering. They hold women's retreats there where Spence and his team help people discover their infinite worth and truest purpose in life, which is what we're going to talk all about today. Spence is going to teach us about getting out of the box, leaving behind pressures and expectations of the world, and embracing an intentional life of focusing on the potential God sees in you. Spence, I'm so happy you're here today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Are you kidding? It's my treat. This is so amazing. So Spence and I have known each other, and Neil, we've all known each other for eight-ish years now, maybe. And Spencer's just made a huge impact on our life, on our business. He's taken us through this incredible strategic framework. What did you used to call it before? The strategic framework. The, yeah. Okay. So we did it for our business. And then Neil and I were so lucky to work with Spence uh, when we came in February of this year. And we did it personally, like as a couple, and then also just individually worked out so many of the things that we're going to talk about today. And then also you were able to do like a mini session with my brother, Jake. So we're going to talk about that in a minute too. But let's talk about, first of all, I don't know if I've ever even asked you this, where did the inspiration come from to start doing these strategic framework sessions with people or companies? Okay, great question. So first off, I wanted to say thank you, by the way, for letting me be a guest again on your show. Are you kidding? And I forgot to say that. Spence, if you want to go listen to an incredible life-changing episode, if you go back to season one, he was one of our first 10, 15 episodes. And it's one of the most re-listened to, re-shared, re-brought up podcast episodes we've ever done. So it made all kinds of sense to bring you back on. So this is a gift to me for sure. Oh and to everyone that's going to listen to it. Well, I mean, how fun. I get to talk about the two things that I love the very most. The first episode, prayer. I mean, there's nothing that has changed my life more than true prayer. And today, vision. Understanding your why. Mark Twain said, the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. And so what what I've seen over the last decade working with companies on defining and discovering and really understanding their vision, their purpose, their creed, their where in the heck are we even going? Like, how do we even know if we're successful? What do we say yes to? What do we say no to? Like, how do we as a company make decisions And how do we empower our teams, our employees, even our customers to help us get there? Well, the problem is if they don't know where they're going, no one can help them get anywhere. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Yes. I love that. 
Where am I supposed to go? Which road do I take? How do I say yes or no to either of these options? Mm -hmm. And the brilliant Cheshire cat, well, where are you going? That question is so magical. And she just says, well, I, I don't know where I'm going. Well, then either road will get you there. It doesn't matter which path you take then. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What a thought. What a thought. Like you can go north, west, east, south, Timbuktu. If you don't even know where you're going, just head down a road. Have fun. And how scary is that? It's you're like, scary. well, which do I choose? And so both companies and individuals are paralyzed with fear mm -hmm. of, well, I don't know which road to take, obviously, because I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. Well, after about eight, seven years of consulting companies with this, I started teaching it to my students. And it was really hard for them to get the concept. At, you were teaching at? At LDS ABC. Business College. Okay. What I discovered is that I had them apply the same principles that I would teach to businesses to their own life. And once they, and I made them do a vision video and I made them really dig deep and ask tons of questions about who in the heck am I? So that's even... That's a step above just a vision board. Most people do a vision board. So a vision video. Yeah, yeah. What does that look like? Oh, my gosh. Two-minute vision video. I, you guys should go see all my students' vision videos on Tuesday. Oh, you guys won't be here. No, tomorrow. We will. We'll be here. My new class all day. We just sit and watch each other's, all the students' vision videos. Amazing. It is one of the most inspiring things because these these young people are digging into their souls to say, who in the heck am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? And where am I going? Like, what are my gifts of greatness? Why am I unique? What magical, unique, wildly powerful gifts have I been given? And what am I supposed to do with them? And these students really take this serious mm -hmm. and they share their purpose in life, their vision. Tomorrow's like my favorite day in class. I can't believe it's tomorrow. How cool. I get to watch everyone's vision videos and everyone is just like blown away. So it's interesting because the first time I gave that assignment to my students, I had not done it. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I can't tell them to do something I haven't done. Yeah, so I you did better my... do it. <laughs> yes. So I made my vision video. And having defined very clearly in less than 10 words who I am, what is my purpose? Why do I wake up in the morning? What is my motivation? We talked when, when you guys came in February about the seven gifts of confidence, mm -hmm. motivation, alignment, decisiveness, hope, peace, success, and leadership in your own life. All of those things are unlocked when you have a vision. When you know where you're going. Wait, I actually don't think we got to that part. What? So, we didn't get to that? I don't that? think we got oh, to that, that part. that is it. We are finishing it while you're here. Okay, okay. We got to finish it while while we're here for sure. Because that I remember you writing it down and being like, we'll get to this. Oh, And, and then we, we ran out time. of time. We went We ran to the deep. airport. And <laughs> okay. Okay, good. We can do that while you're here. Okay. You were saying, though, you teach people how to figure out what those gifts are within themselves? Yes. Yes. So what I try and do is I help people 
okay? And this is, it's, it might be easier with companies. Companies just start doing. Mm-hmm. They start going, they start moving and they find a little success. And so they chase it and they see another opportunity and they chase it and they see another thing and, and they look back and they're like, where am I? Who am I? What have I become? What, where did I even go? This isn't, yeah. the problem is they never took the time to think, what do I want? What do, what brings me great joy and fulfillment? What motivates me? If I were able to design my dream, my definition of success, my hopes and passions and love, what would it even look like? Where would I be going? If I woke up every single morning on fire, just like, oh yeah, I am all in, what would that even feel like? Mm -hmm. Once I did my vision video, it was so cool because what it did, it is it unlocked confidence. Mm. It almost gave me permission to start saying yes to the things that I really believed in and start saying no to the things that took me off that course. Right. Even when incredible opportunities would come. Like I got this job offer that tripled my salary that like would have been very prestigious in the eyes of the world. The big title, the big company, the big package, you know, big money. But the second I asked, well, how does that align with my personal vision that I just defined? Mm -hmm. It didn't. Mm. And it would have taken me off course. It would not have allowed me to to live the life of my dreams. It would have looked good to the world. You know, I would have been satisfying somebody else's idea of what success was. Mm -hmm. But for me, it would have taken me away from what gave me joy and fulfillment and love. And I would have been choosing that in fear. I would have been saying yes to that mm-hmm. in the hopes that I made other people proud of me, mm-hmm. that I would have looked good. I would have had the prestige and the title and the money, but it, it literally would have drained me. It would have been so unfulfilling. And that's the kind of direction that you help people to find once they can figure out what their priorities are and what's important to them, then they, then it's easier when you get to those crossroads, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It, the, the reason we say you unlock these seven gifts of confidence is they're already within you. All of us are born with so much confidence. That's why going through the, the experience that we had you do where you close your eyes and you go back to times where you are pure, you are fearless, you are totally free. Mm-hmm. And you feel that joy and that freedom and that confidence. The problem is, is evil, okay, doesn't want us to feel that. Evil wants to trap us in fear and not live as the person we were born to be. So would that be weird if we did like a mini version of that? What's doing right now? Okay. So if you're driving, don't do this, but (laughs) yeah, don't do this if you're driving. Okay. Here's one of the, one of the things that we do in a retreat, um, to help people get back to a place of freedom. Do you mind if we do it in just a minute? And I kind of set it up. Absolutely. Okay. So here's the problem that I found people and companies really don't take the time to ask themselves the why, like why? Why are we doing this business? What what motivates us? What gets us up in the morning? What is our purpose? And people definitely don't take the time to think about 
why am I even here? What is my gift of greatness? Who the heck am I? Where am I going? And they don't have direction in life. And so they allow outside influences to define their purpose. What I found, though, is in order for somebody to be safe enough to feel safe, to dig deep in their heart, to dig deep into their like soul of who is this person? What, what do I see? They had to start by overcoming fear. It was really hard for people to define their vision before they overcame the fear and the expectations of the world. So if it's okay, do, do you mind if we talk about the box for a minute? I was just going to say, is this the box? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Let's jump. The box. I mean, I know we're supposed to stay out of the box, but let's jump into the box for let's a minute. Let's jump and into the box. Describe what we're seeing inside okay. the box. Okay. We want you to visualize just a simple box, a square on a piece of paper, and draw a stick figure of yourself in the box. That box, you guys, is fear. Okay. When you think of all evil, we're talking about just the basics, good and evil. Good gets us out of the box. It gets us into love. It gets us into hope and peace and joy and freedom. In the box, evil, all evil wants to trap us inside of this prison of fear. When you look at all evil, Javar on Aladdin, Hitler, Genghis Khan. Oh, Javar. What does he want? Isn't his name Jafar? Jafar. Jafar. (laughs) I'm doing it with a weird accent. Javar. Okay. I don't know his real name. (laughs) Dang it. What is Okay. (laughs) It's Jafar. Yeah. Okay. Jafar with an F. What does he want? He just wants to, yeah, imprison people, have all power. All power and all control. Mm -hmm. Totally. Every, Every evil being starting with Satan. Their goal is to control us through fear. They want to keep us in this fear box so that we aren't free to choose, to live, to be, to experience life. They want to trap us in fear so that we feel safe and comfortable. Evil wants us to to feel safe and comfortable through lies and through fear and to control us so that we don't progress, we don't grow, we don't become, and we don't be who we were born to be. So the walls of this box are built with should, with comparison, with judgment, with the biggest thing I think is you are not enough. You're not worthy. You don't deserve greatness. Here's the whole thing with the box is there are so many different voices that try to put us in a box of fear. And the saddest thing is, is oftentimes they come with really good intentions. One of the biggest voices of all is our mom and our dad. You see, our mom loves us. So much she wants us to be safe from a very young age. Oh, oh, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You have to do it this way. If you want to be safe, you have to do it this way. Or, oh my gosh, if you act like that or behave that way, I look bad as a mother. They're trying to keep themselves safe. They're trying to keep you safe. And you start to 
be put into this box of fear. The world, you look at who runs the media, Hollywood, you look at who runs most of social media, and it is, oh, you should do this. You have to have it this way. You need to look this way. You you need to eat, act, be, say, do, all of these things. And we start living in this huge pile of should. And it's so devastating. Like We're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. I should do that. Oh, if I don't do it this way, I don't look good. And we are so afraid of what other people think of us based on what we have been taught, based on the shoulds and the expectations and the roles of our parents, of our society, of our culture, and sometimes even the culture of our religion. And so we have this fear. We live in fear. Oh my, I can't do that. Oh, I'm going to offend her. Oh, if I say no to her, I'm going to disappoint her. And we're so afraid of what other people think. I remember you told me, you were asking me to define fear. And I said, fear of failure. And you were like, you think it's fear of failure, but it's really fear of what other people will think if you fail. And that was profound for me to hear that. Is that true? Yes. I think oftentimes, maybe not all the time. But most of the time. Because I ask people, you know, in these retreats or in my class or in the trainings, what are you afraid of? Number one thing, they always say failure. And it's like, well, when you're learning to ride a bike, are you afraid of falling and scuffing your knees? Yes. That's fear of pain. Mm -hmm. That's a real fear. Yep. But if you're riding your bike at school in front of all your friends, what are you afraid of? Looking like an idiot. Looking bad. Yeah. You're afraid of public speaking. You're afraid that you're going to say something stupid. You're afraid Mm -hmm. that you're going to look bad. You're afraid that your business idea is not going to work out the way you wanted it to or the way the world wants it to. So most of failure that we're afraid of is actually just looking bad. Where real failure, real mess ups is the whole point of life. Yeah. That is what we're here for is to fail, to learn. Failure, even Yoda says, is the greatest teacher. We have learned so much more because of our failures. I look at you and Neil's journeys. The reason you are incredible people is because of your failures. Had you not had these failures, these struggles, these trials, there's no way you would be the spiritual giants the examples, the teachers that you are today. It is through our failure that we become great. And it is the courage to get out of that box of fear to share. Why why did you have the courage, Neil, to share your story? What gave you that courage to overcome fear, to get out of the box of fear and say, I will share my story. I think for me, it was knowing that somebody did that for me, that I was giving something that was freely given to me and that the only way, the only chance that I had of making any type of a change myself was because of that. And I just pictured all of the people that were probably much like me, like sitting by themselves thinking there's no solution. There's no way out. I'm different than anybody else. This doesn't apply to me. Christ's atonement doesn't apply to me. Feeling like if I, if I can share this, if I can get out of my own fear, 
then I could do what was done for me for a group of people that would be on a grand scale, like a, a, a lot of people I potentially could do that for. And I think knowing that it was like, okay, I, I have to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Were you afraid? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it flies in the face of everything that I'd been taught or afraid Shoulds. of my whole life. Oh, people will think you're a bad yes, person. Sir. People, exactly. what will people think? What yeah. will my parents think? How embarrassed might they be? Totally. What will my wife and my kids think one day? The fear of what other people think could have held you back from sharing something that has touched so many people. Here's the next question, though. Did you have the courage once you were in a space of love? Absolutely. It happened after being in a 12-step meeting and hearing how our story or somebody had, had seen us at a meeting who was new to recovery and they saw us and they, they shared how it helped them. Like, oh, seeing you guys here, knowing that you were facing the same challenges that we were facing, that gave me a lot of hope and comfort and faith to be able to take like, hey, maybe we're okay. Maybe this is okay. It just sparked that I felt that. I think we both felt that in that moment. And and that really instigated us to make the make the leap. Yeah. If I remember that right, that night that girl said, I felt so ashamed. I felt so she just talked a lot about shame. Shame and is feeling, another huge tool of Satan yeah. evil to put you in the box. Yes. And the the first meeting she felt so much shame. And then she walked in and she saw me and she was like, I followed you. I followed Mint Arrow on Instagram and then seeing you in this meeting suddenly made me feel totally different. Like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. And if she's okay, then I'm going to be okay too. And when she shared that, then that was for whatever reason, the tipping point for Neil where he said, if this is the effect that we had on this one person who happened to be in the same town that we attend our 12-step meeting in, how great of an impact could this possibly be if we open it up to a lot more people? And just like you're saying, it was this act of love of, love. I can do this for so many other people too, if I'm willing to sacrifice a little. See, did evil want you to be in a place of love to share? Let me teach for just a second on this because I, I saw it. The fear, the box, the fear kept you in that prison, kept you in that box, stopped you from doing something courageous, from sharing great power. Evil wanted to keep you in that box forever. And had you not stepped out of the box, out of the comfort zone, out of this space of safety, so many people would not have had the gift the teaching, the freedom, the courage to say, oh, I'm okay. I can be healed. I'm not alone. I can heal. I am enough. I am worth healing. Satan, evil, never wants us to feel that kind of courage and hope. They want us to be safe in our stupid little box of fear, shame, guilt, doubt, 
a prison of grayness. But you guys got out and tell, yeah, Corinne, I remember you calling me and just sharing how many women found hope, how many men found hope because you shared. Yeah, we still get emails, DMs, all kinds of contact. I would say at least once a week, if not more, of people who just say this completely changed our marriage. There was actually one really cool incident where we happened to be at a 12-step meeting in St. George of all places, and a guy showed up there who that's not the meeting he typically goes to either, and he was able to tell us, I started going to ARP because my wife follows you, listens to your podcast, we heard your story, and it totally saved our marriage. We were about to get divorced. And we've heard things like that before, but it was so cool to meet someone in person where he happened to show up the same week we showed up and neither of us frequent that meeting. I mean, we don't even live in Utah and it just was perfectly meant to be for us to be able to make that face-to-face contact and for us to hear that story. And I think things like that really make it feel like, okay, this is this was exactly God's will. And luckily, because we followed it, it's had this amazing ripple effect. Amazing. What a beautiful example, okay? How many times in our life have we allowed fear to win, though? Oh, how so many. many how many decisions have we not made because we were afraid? Oh, that's what I shouldn't do. I'm going to feel guilt. I'm going to feel mm-hmm. shame. I'm going to look bad. Oh my gosh. How many stinking times in our lives have we said, what would my mom think? If I did that, my mom would shoot me. Like I would be, she would be so embarrassed. Like how many of us have so much anxiety, fear, expectations because of our past? That is prison. That doesn't allow Neil to be the the giant of a man that he is. It wouldn't allow Corinne to share the way that you share with so much courage and faith. You know how many people look at you and they're just like, how the heck does she do this with the, the weight and the responsibility that you hold on you? How do you do it? How do you get out of that box of expectations, of fear, of labels, of should, of comparison? Of, well, she doesn't do it this way. And share it. What is the motive? What is the, the key to get you out of that box of fear? works every time and works well and is a success is when I feel like I'm doing it with the motivation to do God's will, to be like, okay, I'm just an instrument. Tell me what you want me to say. Show me what you want me to do. I'm here to do it. Why do you want to be God's instrument? What motive do you have for other people? Why do you even care? I think when I'm in my purest space, when I feel the most motivated is when I feel gratitude and I look at everything that God's given us. And I just feel like, man, like I didn't do this. I didn't do any of this. This was all God's doing. And so whatever I can do, that's going to be minuscule compared to what he's done for me, but whatever I can do to try to give something back, 
I want to give everything I can. And that's when it goes really well. When there's no, there's none of my agenda, my ego, what's going to make me look good. When I don't think about any of that and I'm just completely open to the spirit guiding me to whatever I'm supposed to share or say or here's one good example is when I went through this just really gnarly miscarriage um, during like the holiday season, November and December of this past year. Most people don't, first of all, most people don't even share about miscarriage, let alone like, I think I might be having a miscarriage. I mean, I, for whatever reason, felt super strongly that I was supposed to share that whole experience. And it was such an up and down and there were so many emotions and you're going to lose the baby. Oh, you see the heartbeat. You're not going to lose the baby. Well, maybe you are. And then I finally did. And it was just this really emotional thing, but I felt so compelled throughout that whole experience that I needed to share exactly what it was like, what I was going through, what my emotions were. And I was just, I just tried to be open to it. Like, okay, Heavenly Father, you want me to share about this? I will share about it. And hopefully it will help someone. And I think a lot of times we don't even know whatever, what effect we have on other people or why exactly. Yeah, It's like, you just do it. You do it and you have faith. And then God works out all the details and all the ways that he needs to. And the more you can be open to doing whatever he wants you to do, the more you can feel that total fulfillment of I am being exactly what I was created to be and why I'm here. And everyone wins. Yeah, everyone wins. You win, they win. Because it's motivated by love. Yeah. See, God is love. Good is love. All good things are driven, motivated by love. Yeah. And when we can see that, when we are safe, real safety, we're not in the box of fear. We will share. The truth will make you free. You shared truth, Neil, because you were free and it helped unlock freedom for others. You shared the truth you were experiencing without fear, without, I want to make them love me. I, I need their, I need their approval. I need them to, to see me as a champion. Just no, if anything, it was like, a, oh, remember people don't talk about miscarriages. People don't even announce that they're pregnant before 12 weeks. Like yeah. this, you don't talk about this. This is something that I've literally, I can't remember ever a time when someone's like, I think I might be having one have I might this pregnancy might not work out I've literally never seen anyone say that and say like I'm pregnant but I don't know if it's gonna last wow and then like follow what that looks like so it was definitely a no you don't talk about this nobody talks about this you shouldn't exactly this is not a thing that you talk about get back in that box yeah but for whatever reason it was like well actually this time I need you to I'm going to the courage, the faith. See, that's why I call them the seven gifts of confidence. Because when you are in love, you are courageous. You are free. Evil loses, good wins. What we found is that when people are in that space of love, I love myself. The second thing that we, maybe not the second, but the opposite of the box, okay? And we've seen this time and time and again with the women's retreats that we do, is these women come, they invest in themselves. They have spent money. They have taken time away from their families. They have come to a beautiful island of Hawaii by themselves. 
They have left their world behind. Mm -hmm. And guess what they all feel on the first night? Fear. Unbelievable fear and guilt. I can't do this for myself. Oh, I'm abandoning my my kids and my responsibilities and my work and my whatever. And they feel so much guilt and shame for doing something for themselves. Mm. And so that very first night we talk about the two great commandments. The first is to love God with all your heart. But the second is like unto it to love thy neighbor as thyself. I think in our culture and in our vocabulary, we have gotten that dang second commandment wrong. It's not just to love thy neighbor. That is not it. As thyself. The second great commandment is really to love yourself. But you need both parts because some of the world tells you, Love, just you do you, love yourself, take care of yourself, lots of self-care, go buy yourself things, go do things for you. But it's missing the component of love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. You have to do both. You have to have both. Well, the problem with the world and the way they say it is, hey, be self-focused. Right. right. It's all about you. It's all about you. Mm -hmm. Give, 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 give to yourself. Yeah. But the, the reason that they're telling you that is to not actually love yourself. It's to fill the void of emptiness. Yes. Get addicted to this Netflix series. Scroll binging on, on Instagram for hours and hours at a time. Go buy yourself something so you feel better about yourself. Or for a man, get a good enough career that everybody thinks you're cool. Oh, Maybe not. Gosh. I shouldn't like label, well, no, gender no, label. But no, I think but for a lot of totally. men. Totally. And women. Like, yeah. There's yeah. the expectations. You have to be successful, rich, and powerful, and famous. Mm -hmm. You go focus on you. And it's like, no, 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 no. Go find you. Mm. Love the real you. Spend time on you, not in fear, in love. You know, you talked about today at this retreat that we're doing right now, even just a small meditation of presence, of breathing, helped you be in a better place to learn, yeah. to grow, to have inspiration. You are the greatest thing to invest in. But the problem is the world lies. They tell us, oh, sign up for this, go to this, get that, do this, be this. But you're chasing their definition of success. Instead you of finding your own. Instead of looking inside, instead of being present and saying, holy crap, I'm amazing. I love myself. Am I a nincompoop all the time? Absolutely. But I can be forgiving of myself. I don't have to judge myself. I can give myself grace. When we truly love ourselves, it gives us the freedom to love everyone else, to forgive everyone else, to give grace to everyone else. And so what we talk about, we help these women get out of this box of fear. We literally get people out of the box. We say, leave your home, leave your, your traditions, leave your routines, leave the voices in your head, get away from everything so that you are in a space of freedom to discover and to fall in love with yourself, 
to love who you are, your greatness, to say it's okay to take some time to meditate, to be who I was born to be. Once we get them out of this box and they are living in love, then we say, okay, who are you? Who is the real you, the higher you, the eternal you, the glorious divine you? Who is that little girl? And that's where we can go to this if we have time. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the little meditation. Okay. Okay, so oftentimes it's really hard for people to see who they are. And so what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes and I want you to put your hand over your heart. And I want you to remember back to the time where you felt incredibly free. And for so many women, it's like when I was four, when I was five, I was a little boy, like just running barefoot, just courageous, like Superman or a little girl, just like singing and dancing and playing the piano and just, just like I'm an Olympic princess, you know, whatever. I can be anything. I'm on my swing set with my my cassette little, what do you call those things? The, little Walkman. The Walkman listening to, who wrote Step by Step? I don't uh, know, but it's a gorgeous song. New Kids on the Block. I'm just oh, listening I to New it. Kids on the Block out on the swing set, just swinging like for hours. Just so free. Just happy, joyous, and free. There's no comparison. There's no expectations. There's no you should, you can't. Oh, you don't, you dare do it this way. Now, for a lot of people, they've had a traumatic childhood. and So don't even go back there. Go back even further to before you were even born as a physical being back to the eternal higher you, back to a time where there were there was nothing but love. It was total freedom, total love. And so whether it's when you were a little girl or before you even came to this earth, see her. Who is she? What would our heavenly parents tell you? about who you are. Who did they create? How free and powerful and majestic is that little girl? Or even just the pure love of a parent when they hold their child for the first time time. and there's literally nothing but all pure love. Pure. There's no, oh, you're not enough. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you made me look bad. Oh, you can't do it that way. Oh, you should be wearing this. Oh, there is nothing. That is the first time you held your your little girls. Just, they're perfect. They're everything. There is nothing but you are the greatest thing that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. You're an absolute miracle. That is exactly who we actually are. We are everything. And evil wants to tell us you're not enough. You can't do it this way. You shouldn't do it that way. And we start to compare ourselves to others and we fear what they, what we think they think of us. Like it's unbelievable how much energy we give to what we think they're thinking of us 
what our dad, Neil, you with your dad of like, oh, my dad's going to think that I should have done it that way. And it's like, what the heck? Like you're worried about what you think your dad might be thinking of you. And it's like, no, stop it. Stop making decisions in fear and start being in love. We are so worried about what we are doing each day. Am I doing enough? Am I earning enough? Am I being, not being, am I doing enough? And we become these human doings Mm -hmm. rather than human beings. Who are you? What is your gift of greatness? What is your natural, true being? And once you find that and you see her and you get to know her, It unlocks this power and this freedom and this courage and living every single day on purpose. And you have a vision. Like when we went through it, who did you see? Yeah, I saw, just like you said, purpose and vision and gifts and just the real reason I'm here. It was so much easier to zero in on that. And I think... It's really cool to hear other people also experiencing that. I know my brother Jake experienced that yeah. when, and that was like to make a really long story short, Spence was in town for the Rose Bowl. My family was all in town. We kept trying to meet up. We wanted to meet up with Spence and Katie because we love them. They're our good friends. And it just didn't work out until New Year's Eve was the only time that it worked out. And my whole family was staying with us. And so we had these guys come over and then it was like the spirit told me three different times, you've got to ask Spence to talk to Jake. And I kind of hesitated. I was like, oh, Spence isn't here to work. He's just here to chill. Like it's New Year's Eve. You know, we've got a football game on and pizza and everybody's just hanging out. But The spirit was so strong. Ask Spence to talk to Jake. So I did. And then you guys had this like magical experience where you basically just taught him about the box, right? The box. We went up into your magical closet right away. <laughs> With all the shoes. It was incredible. And Jake and I sat down together and we just said, who are you? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? What box are you living in? Because it's a lie. Evil is all lies. Truth is all freedom and love. Evil wants to lie to you to keep you in a box and a prison of fear. Truth wants you to be free and in love. I have a higher self, and that higher self is incredible. And I had a super similar experience, even though my life experience and Jake's life experience are completely Completely different. Completely different. Because the principle, the truths are the same, and they work with anyone. Yeah. I actually remember where we were sitting down on that beach house when you saw her. And you got to understand your gifts. And it was incredible. It was just so powerful. It's so beautiful to say, holy crap, God didn't mess up on me. I'm amazing. Like mom and dad created a masterpiece. And if I were free to be that person every day, my kids, my family, my community, and myself would be on fire every day. But evil, Jafar with an F, (laughs) there's no V, okay? The bad guys, okay? They want to diminish that light. 
They want to keep you in a box of prison and fear and grayness and just getting by. So many of my students, so many of these women are just like, I feel like I'm just getting by in life. It's Groundhog's Day every day. You wake up and you're like, okay, I just got to survive one more day. Yes. That's not living. That's not freedom. That's prison. Yeah. Get out of the box. It's like the biggest swear word of my life. Now I hate swearing. And it's like every time I say the box, it's like I'm dropping the F-bomb. It's terrible. (laughs) The stinking box. Jeesh. Okay. Well, Spence, we do have to wrap this up. And I know we could talk forever because we always get into trouble when we're around Spence. We want to talk for hours. hours. Yeah. Literally hours. I mean, I still remember like being in the Dominican and you're like yawning and it's like 3 a.m. We just (laughs) kept kept going. going. We just kept going. Anyway, so we do have to wrap this up, but I have two questions for you. First of all, we are going to make, so you do these retreats and we've like talked about the possibility of doing one for a long time. And we finally decided today, okay, we really are going to do this. And all because I feel like there are certain people who will listen to this and they will need this full experience. And I I think it could benefit anyone, but I feel like there's going to be people who listen to this and they're going to feel that like pierce their soul where they're like, this is me and I need to be there. So do you want to just briefly talk about what that is? If someone sure. were to come to this retreat, we decided yeah. the week of September 11th, Sunday through Friday. and just- Sunday night, you show up open, ready to be free. Okay. Whoever is hearing this and feeling like I need to get out of the box, I need to find and discover my why, my purpose, and f- love myself so that I'm free to love everyone to come out to Hawaii, to spend a week with us, and to define your vision, to know who you are and to love who you are. We invite you to come. Spend a week at our home here in Hawaii. We can probably have up to 15 women, okay? And it's it's women who feel inspired to come. We want you to be there. We want you to come and change your life. Start living Like we started this out, the two days, most important days of your life, the day you were born, come and find out why. Okay. So we'll, I'm going to do an Instagram post the day that this podcast goes live so that people can find details on it. So if you are interested, you can go to Instagram to Corinne Stoko at Corinne Stoko and go read about the details or go to our show notes and we'll have a link there too. And my actual last question is for on this topic for this episode, what is the one message that you want people to remember? Oh my gosh. After listening to this. Very easy. On the last one though, herinfiniteworth.org. Oh yeah. That's the website. This is a charity that actually one of the women who came on a retreat felt inspired to create. So she is literally the president of Her Infinite Worth, Tiffany, and she is a rock star. It is a nonprofit organization. That's where you'll sign up. That's where you'll find more. You'll see, hear other people's experiences, learn more about the retreat, but herinfiniteworth.org. Okay. What's the one thing I want people to walk away with? Mm-hmm. That love is the most powerful thing in the universe. That there is no greater motive. There's no greater healer. There's no greater freedom 
than being in love. Truly, if you, if you love God, you are able to love yourself. And if you love yourself, you are free to love others. Stop allowing fear to rob you of life, to rob you of freedom. Allow love to give you that freedom. And you will live on purpose and live in love every day. Love yourself. You are amazing. I know it. And I'll, I feel inspired to share this. One of my gifts is to see people. That's why I love Corinne and Neil so much is they have opened their souls to let me see who they are. And this may sound arrogant, but if, if everyone could see themselves the way I see them, they would, there's no room not to love yourself. And it's like, I only get to see a glimpse of what God sees. If we could see who God sees, the greatness that he sees in us, there would be no room for fear. There would be no room for doubt of I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I can't, I shouldn't, I care too much about what they think. Because the second you know what God thinks about you, there is endless freedom and power because it is pure love, pure goodness. Satan is such a stinking liar. That little dune buggy, like I hate that noogie pop. Okay, now we're going into my made of words. But love yourself. Goodness. That's I love it. it. Kay Spence, where can people find you? You do a morning show? Oh, yeah. My morning walk show. I do. Uh, I just share after my morning routine of trying to love myself and see myself and see what God sees in me. Every morning I ask God three questions. What do you want me to feel is number one. What do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? But Typically, what do you want me to know is what I share on my morning walk show. It's something he wants me to work on. And so I think my Instagram is at SPTaggart, maybe, I think. That sounds right. Okay. We'll put it in the show notes and then at Her Infinite Worth on Instagram as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then I'll also do a post about our retreat I love that it. we decided on today. I know. I'm so Week excited. of September 11th. So if you feel like this is you, then go to that post and get more information and Hopefully we get to hang out this year in Hawaii. Yes. So exciting. Anyway, thanks so much, Spence, for doing this. This was so amazing. And I I know it's going to impact a lot of people for good. Thank you, guys. I love you both so much. Thank you for getting out of the box and for being amazing human beings. I love you guys so much. We love you, too. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.